Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Do you think that people give men, boys, a pass around their behavior? Totally. Mm -hmm. Yep. Why? Because they're boys. And they can do no wrong. I'm doing like heavy quotations right now. No wrong in the eyes of God or something. I don't know how it works, but (laughs) they get away with a lot. Stand up fussing and fighting. Hello, my name is Nalika Radway, and this is Raising Rebels, a podcast about oppressed parents raising free children. Today, I am joined by family. Um, I have my brother Joaquin. Hello. Say, yeah, say, you gotta say hello. Hi, hi, Nalika. Hi, Wah. What's up, What's up? And Fredo. What up, Lee? And my husband and brother too. Hello. We don't share any blood, but it's it, you'll see very soon that it goes real, real deep. Um, so we'd like to start the podcast by saying one word to describe how you're feeling about yourself or well, how you're feeling right now in this moment. So why, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling fresh. Nice. What, um, Fredo? Loose. <laughs> you heard? Yo, I know exactly what you mean. Come out. How are you feeling? It's interesting that it's power because I'm feeling powerful in community, like yeah. in brotherhood. Like I'm feeling in community, if that's a feeling. I'm feeling giddy. I just have, this, this, this is all interesting because these are all words that have not have not been said here before. I don't think so. Definitely not loose. I definitely have not heard anybody come here and say they're feeling feeling loose. You know, just, you know, whatever. That's good. Um, so so we bring it. We're bringing it. All right, here we go. So, um, Joaquin Marante, tell us a little bit about yourself. I was uh, born in East Harlem mm-hmm. and moved up to the Bronx when I was, and moved around a lot. Uh, but the Bronx, I credit with forming me. Um, I'm a father of two and a husband of one. (laughs) Um, I'm super happy to be here. Yay! Really, actually, there's plenty. We're gonna know. Yeah, there's like a lot to talk about. But that's good. That's good. That was that was that was full. Alfredo Jones. Hello, hello, hello. (sighs) Let's keep it simple. I'm gonna follow. Wise footsteps. That so. wasn't. He wasn't simple. He was simple. He, he said he simple. spoke for quite some time. Uh, there but, were pauses. Okay, go ahead, pauses. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Oh yes, uh, married to Jen, hi babe. Um, two beautiful kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am my father's sole IT <laughs> support system. It is interesting mm-hmm. at this stage. Mm-hmm. Um, Nancy's son. Everybody here know Nancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nancy's mm-hmm. son. Yeah. Big up Nancy. Um, word. Um, we love Nancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, like, wow, man, happy to be here. Mm-hmm. Happy to be here. Mm-hmm. Hamara Radway. I'm Hamara Radway. Malika's homie. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, like uh, I heard the other day, 
That's my, my I'm your man. That's my man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have three children. <laughs> That's a good smile. You're like, yeah. Aww. I have three beautiful daughters, Blue, Moxie, and Glory. Mm-hmm. Um, like Joaquin, I moved around a lot. I moved to the United States from Jamaica when I was eight and lived in the Bronx and a bunch of different places. And I met all these brothers and you in like the mm-hmm. my teenage years. So we've been family since. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a family and a family. I know, I know. I was funny. This today, um, a white person said to me, "Like, how do black people just create community like this? Like, look, like you just have so much like community." And I was like, "Yeah, like you just, you just, you just build family. That's what we. <laughs> I mean, it's innate. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, tell us about your lovely children, all my little nieces and nephews. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I." My daughter is uh, Ife. She's five years old. She is left-handed. I didn't know that about Ife. Yes. Interesting. Okay. It says a lot. I. It makes sense. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. It's your turn. Go ahead. Your turn. No. 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 Please. You can interrupt at any time. Thank We're you. good. <laughs> um. She is very emotionally attuned um, to other people. She is extremely bright. So she's five, right? So five, I feel like at five, now I'm seeing her her personality more. And Mm -hmm. she just started kindergarten and she's in this public school and she's like starting to come alive. Mm -hmm. And, um, And I like everything about it. Like, it's really dope. She did archery yesterday and I took these videos oh, and she was fun. like, yeah. she's a kindergarten and then there were these other kids, like a three, a third grader and a fifth grader there. And she's just doing it in her own world. You know what I mean? And I, it's, uh, it's really dope to see. And my son is Acheo, Acheo Aye. He's three. He's rough. He's also, he's like super loving. And I always thought, we always said, oh, you know, Acheo, he's like really an easy baby as opposed to how Ife was like very difficult, challenging. Challenging, challenging. Yeah. She, was, she presented her own challenges mm-hmm. um, to us. Mm-hmm. And Acheo was always much easier in terms of like, he didn't cry as much. And, but now I'm like, oh, you have your own power that... Is going that presents its own set of new challenges that I didn't I already didn't see this one coming. I thought you were gonna be easy your whole life. <laughs> what is going on here? Um, and but he's 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 fresh. I'm very lucky. Mm-hmm. I'm very lucky. Awesome. Yeah. Fredo. So I too got bamboozled. <laughs> well, let's let's set this off the right way. Right? I too got bamboozled. So my firstborn Mateo is twelve. Um, interesting to have a boy first right and kind of getting so my wife is dominican i'm cuban the the caribbean latino came out in the hospital like you knew there was a caribbean baby born Mm -hmm. and like lights and the whole simba episode went down first born and then he was super easy right he had a couple of like rough nights in the beginning and then that was it Mm -hmm. 
And then I guess, you know, the most high was bored and then gave us Marley, my nine-year-old, right? <laughs> and, and didn't realize that you like sent like a terrorist. <laughs> and and she is like as as energetic as she is, she is just as loving, mm-hmm. right? And and she does this thing where she like protects her brother, right? So we always say Marley's been and they're like, oh, how old is Marley? Oh, well, she's nine. 172 years old because mm-hmm. she's been here before, mm-hmm. you know, and where, you know, her brother's soul is like a very new kind of shiny soul. So she's always like taking care of him. Um, and it, and uh, so I got to go into this story. I love this story. So the nurse goes, sir, you have a healthy baby coming. Okay. And I was like, yes, boy or girl. It's like, oh, it's a girl. It's like, oh no, I'm sorry. I don't think you use that device properly, you know, the one that mm-hmm. you went to school for mm-hmm. and that you've probably used on 270 plus women. You tried to correct her. I tried to correct her. I yeah. was like, can you angle it a little differently? I was like, what's that? She's like, that's the umbilical cord. I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. no, I'm, I'm sure that that's not correct. And I was so fearful of raising any children, but after raising a son for two mm-hmm. years and a half to raise a daughter was like, oh, mm-hmm. but I'm really blessed with both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful kids. They're awesome kids. Awesome. And two completely different human beings. I mean, when you think about all like the collective of our like seven, they're so different. So different. So different and so big. And yeah. like, yeah. Anyway, I'm Mara Radway. I was thinking about all these kids today. I know. And they were recently all together, which was really fun. Mm-hmm. Really beautiful. I think, well, not, uh, not two we're missing, but we don't talk about that right now. Yeah. Go ahead. So... I'm tell you, I'm gonna start with a story because today I feel like every day I think about like who are my kids. It feels different. So sometimes Gloria, you come home and she's gonna give you this biggest hug, and I would tell you, Gloria, this is the cuddliest kid. But this morning we started off with a war on the steps because she wanted to make sure her shirt was showing, even though it was like 50 degrees and 25 degree, 25 mile per hour winds. She was like, I got this outfit and it's got to be right when I go outside. I'm like, you have to wear a jacket. She's like. You, I'm gonna drag you down these stairs. Like it was war at like 7:55 at my crib this morning. So right now, Glory's becoming her own like person in a new way, even today. And I feel like that's true about all of them. You know what I mean? They're like always constantly evolving and like deepening and having new accomplishments, and it's amazing to watch. So they're all kind of going through different things right now. Blue is, it's like. I look at Blue and I'm amazed that she's a teenager because I remember her with like, I have a picture of her and Joaquin actually, and she's smiling bright and she's two years old on the street on Dreamer. And I'm like, she looks like that to me, but she's 13 and talking about she has a date, you know? And so that's going on. And then Moxie. Yeah, tomorrow, right? Yeah. (laughs) So that. (laughs) But not like her first date. Not even her first date. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, she's grown. And then Moxie, she's got like, you know, she's been talking about she's been living her best life. So she's got lots of evolving happening too at the same time. So it's been fun, man. These kids are great. Awesome. What's one thing, well, one way in which parenting has changed you? Or not one way, how has parenting changed you? Let's be abundant with it, however you want to share. So I think, Parenting has made me a better partner, think about becoming a better partner, 
um, a better communicator, a better listener. When I think about the parent that I was five years ago when Ife was first born to the parent that I am now, I also know that I'm just a better human being, a better man, and working on being better. You know, I'm better than I was five years ago. I'm better than I was three years ago. And, I'm, and I understand that that's like the most important thing for me is to evolve mm-hmm. into my, this person that I really want to be. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And I'm very lucky uh, that Ife and Acheo were catalysts in that. Children often are. Yeah. Fredo? Um, immediately I start thinking very reflective, right? So I'm, I'm an only child. So for me, it was like, why doesn't, wh- where's my importance, right? Like that was like a struggle mm-hmm. of I'm not important. I'm not the important person, mm-hmm. right? I'm actually now, I have someone who is more important. Mm-hmm. and kind of needs me to step up mm-hmm. right, and not be more mature and sort of, to an extent, plan for them, think for them until they get to the point where we're doing it together. Mm-hmm. And uh, it it forced something that was really hard, which is to consistently look at self mm-hmm. and question self, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes not be happy with the response and be mm-hmm. like, damn. Come on, player. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, and and so and I'm and I feel like the the you know as time goes on, I'm doing that conversation with more ease. Mm-hmm. But the question has evolved to what Joaquin said: How am I better for them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, how do I keep pushing forward, but with them in mind? Cool. Hamara I think that was. <laughs> I know, right? Parenting has changed me in so many ways, but I think one of them that is right, feels like right right now, is this sense of like just being around them and being in families enough. You know what I mean? Where I used to always feel like it's either grind time or it's no time, you know? And now I'm like, this idea of like just being around and cooling out and spending time with them is enough. Mm-hmm. And that is very different than. My usual my, my mindset before kids. Guys, you you guys are like sharing so much. Like we we getting real deep, real quick, real deep, real quick. So today we are talking about masculinity and how we redefine what it means to be a man for our children. So when I was thinking about the idea of masculinity, the thing that came to mind to me, with the help of my children, actually, is this idea of power and how often masculinity is associated with this idea of being like powerful or um, because you feel powerless, you might like have to perform masculinity. And so today I asked you all to reflect on um, a time when you felt, when you interact with power. And the reason why we do, um, we reflect and do recollections is to really get in touch with our childhood selves. Um, very often when we're parenting, we're thinking about who we are now versus like who we were then. Um, because who we were then is probably still who we are now and how we're parenting our children. And so, um, Joaquin, would you like to start? I was thinking about it while riding the train. Feelings of power and powerless, 
and feeling powerless. Mm-hmm. Right? When have you felt powerful? When have you felt powerless? And and I'm also an only child like Fredo. Um, that's actually not true. I have a sister, mm-hmm. um, but my sister and I are, the age difference is like 16 years. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, almost 17 years. So my childhood was, was spent as an only child. That's a better way of saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and my parents, I don't ever remember my parents living together. So I'm a product of divorce. They were never married, but they, you know, they never, I, I think my father says that they were together till I was about three or something like that. Sometimes he throws, he was in and out afterwards, but you know, and because of that, my mom raised me for some time. Uh, she sent me to Washington DC when, my, when she was doing a master's um, when I was in the second, third and fourth grade. And I lived with my pops in DC. Then I got shipped back to East Harlem and I lived in East Harlem for a while. Then my mom remarried when I was like in the sixth grade. We moved to like two different places. We moved to Westchester for a year. Then we moved to Albany for a year. Then she kicked me out the house and I moved back to the Bronx. So all to say, when did I feel powerless? I felt powerless in all of that time Mm -hmm. of being moved around, of not having any um, say uh, about where I was in the world, um, of, that was a very, it, it was, a, it was a, a time of feeling very vulnerable to anybody else's, because my mom was do, dealing with a lot and my father was dealing with a lot. I was only seeing him like, we would spend like, you know, we had that one of those arrangements. It's like every other weekend you get mm-hmm. to be with your pops up in the Bronx. And he lived in Pelham Park we at the time. And that, I remember that time of, of a lot of love, of a lot of chaos, but I also, um, I guess I, 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 you know, I immediately want to make it sound good. Of like, but there was a lot of stability because there was, you know, I had my, I did have my pops and I did have, you know, I mean, it's like, it wasn't like anybody was out of the picture. It was just that I couldn't control the situation. Mm -hmm. I mean, what you just mentioned around like the instinct to make it sound better. It's such a, um, a reflex when you're like oppressed person. First of all, you want to protect your parents, right? Like you empathize with them around what choices they made. Um, And it's also hard to acknowledge your trauma or acknowledge that pain. So you're not alone in that. That happens a lot, but it happened to you. And it feels so, it feels so important to me at times to like stay positive so I could keep striving forward. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of like just being a black man. Mm -hmm. And, and just to, to finish that point and also to know that power came out of that like that that feeling of powerlessness i think that's a word Mm -hmm. um that feeling of powerlessness turned into and became a feeling of of feeling powerful because i've had made decisions Mm -hmm. off of those off of that time when i reflect upon that to make sure that i'm a better person and a more full person and a more understanding person, a more complete person to 
understand that we don't want to repeat the mistake, not mm-hmm. the respect, but we don't want to continue mm-hmm. a certain energy and legacy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have this one event where, so in your, in your, in the recollection, in the recollection, mm-hmm. so you were like, all right, this is what you're, you know, jump in, dive in, go to youth, you may feel in your adulthood, whatever. And one thing kept coming up, like, Right, so on the drive here, I had a crazy day at work, so I honestly didn't look at the email. <laughs> and then when we jump in the car, I was like, "Wow, do me a favor." You're giving away all the secrets nah, on how nah. I prepare my guests nah, to be able right. to be ready. It's all right. All right. It's all good. <laughs> it's, all good. <laughs> it's all good. We need to talk. I know. Okay. You shouldn't have poured no rum if you didn't want me to say that. So, <laughs> good, <laughs> I'm going in. Go so I was like, "Wow, I read it." But he reads it. it reads it. He reads it twice. And the one event that comes in is. One that's near and dear to my heart because I started off feeling very powerful and ended up feeling extremely powerless. Mm-hmm. And so uh, uh, um, something that I'm sh- super proud of is is our community, right? Mm-hmm. And the brotherhood that, that we forged when we were all uh, away in college. And one year um, I'm it and wound up being kind of like the coaching us into getting on spring break, right? Oh, yeah. And so, <laughs> see, so, so the, you know, so we, we start, so we start getting, getting everything set up, right? We're going down. Uh, I call, we, does Apple Tours still exist? Somebody Google it. Yeah. Apple Tours might, might or might not exist. I would imagine the litigation problems took them down. <laughs> There's <laughs> this little shop, second floor. It's like a, it's like a hole in the wall behind FIT. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so we collected our dough. We were it's before working. Orbits. It's before Orbits. It's way before Orbits. We collected There's money. No we were working. Now I remember and this. I, now I remember your... I actually do remember your you story, remember, you remember but I also story? remember going to like an Apple Tours. Uh, Apple Tours. Oh, really? yeah. Yeah. Right? And, then, and, and so in like a little manila envelope, we collected our dollars. Da, 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 da. And so we go down. I think it was like Thanksgiving. Um, it, was, it was November, definitely November. Boom, we paid them. So you had to pay a deposit. We paid a deposit. It's like yes, right? The wheels are turning. We come back home. Every come back, everybody comes home from Thanksgiving. We're back on campus. But we're gonna make it happen. Spring break hits. We jump in like two cars. We drive from college to New York. Everybody sleeps the night. Wake up in the morning. We're at the airport. We get to the gate. Your flight is tomorrow. And having gone from this feeling, this energy, like I was able to make sure we had made it mm. onto this trip. You organized we, the misfits. We organized yeah. it's like corralling yeah. cats. Completely organized a bunch of misfits. Yeah. And, at that and, time, and, and, and it was like really important because I, you know, I admire revere these brothers. You know, they are truly my brothers where I look up to them. And in their presence, many times I feel even more powerful. Right. And so to have said in in my mind, I'm like, yo, we made it. We made it. And y'all trusted me to make sure this happened. But I'm 24 hours early mm-hmm. with 15 rowdy dudes <laughs> in the airport. In JFK. In JFK. <laughs> in JFK. <laughs> and my heart Pre-9/11. drops. Pre 9-11. That my heart drops. Mm-hmm. And the per and it was funny, it's like, so the person that so I, I actually still remember this. Mm-hmm. Why turns around while I was like, he does the Joaquin shrug, right? Like, all right, so we'll figure it out. And, and Meryl looks right at him and goes, it's okay. 
it's okay it's okay so but, many, right and that helped all mm-hmm, that helped mm-hmm, right and everyone mm-hmm. was like you know you bummed out mm-hmm. and then we made something of it actually we spent 24 hours in the airport mm-hmm. um it's uh, a movie right it was a movie. a movie yeah that's a movie oh right? it was a movie we saw, a movie. Oh, it was a movie all right mm-hmm. i'm still we saw lynn whitfield i almost would i would have been if things went wrong i would have been married lynn whitfield right now you heard a problem. me that would have been Thin line. It's a thin line. It's a thin line. It's a height of a thin line. It's a thin line. Mm-hmm. It's a thin line. It's a thin I was sorry to tell you about that offline. Oh, That's sorry, because not relevant. The other thing that is funny is that when you talked about a childhood memory, we it's when we all knew each other as children. Yeah. And it's very hard. Like I don't I don't often remember that. Like we were children. We were children. You know what I mean? That's what he said. It's so interesting. Because yeah. I mean, look at where we are today. Yeah. 19, 20 year old Fredo, I was a mess. Yeah. Right? And so that and there's yeah. in that one scenario, I went from feeling extremely powerful to like negative. Yeah. You know what I mean? We okay, started. I, I, I almost want to pause for a second. <laughs> I have spent countless, <laughs> I would, I can't literally countless hours with the three of you in a room or a car <laughs> or an elevator. And I have heard a lot of stories, but this is my show. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I I'm have focused. the power here. Got and it. We are going to run it a particular kind of way. I'm listening. So All now right. it's your turn, Hamara. Perfect. Ready? Yes. Go. Cool. So I had. Co- this is not gonna hold. This is not gonna hold. Good, good. It's gonna no. hold. No, it's not gonna hold. It's okay. I like that. Right. There's rules, it's man. Yeah, there's yeah, rules. Me too. Yeah, I like yeah. rules. It's a break. It's a break. Go ahead. Go ahead. Your turn. So, Your turn. thinking about being powerful or powerless was really hard because I was surprised that I didn't have a lot of feelings of being powerful as a child, and as I was searching for it, it just wasn't a lot of it, and I was really that was surprising to me. And it makes me think of how powerful I think my children feel, but how powerful I want them to feel. So, but I thought of lots of times I felt powerless. And one time, particularly, as I went, tried to go back as far as I could, because I pay attention to you, Nalika. I'm your you, biggest love. fan. Thank so I went back as far as I could. And when I was seven years old, like from the period of time in my life where like my mom lived, lived in the country and I lived with my dad in Kingston and- you all know my dad, so mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. it was the thing. Mm-hmm. And so I live with my dad, and it doesn't feel very stable in a lot of ways, but it's fun in some ways. And like, you know, I kind of feel like I'm we're Vito and Michael, right? And like I'm waiting for it to be passed down to me. And so, but in the midst of that, my mom and dad break up, and my, and I go and move with my mom to the country in St. Thomas in Jamaica. And I'm like seven years old, and my mom has a new boyfriend. And he's hitting her. And I remember wanting to do something about it, wondering where, like, my dad was because he's always playing, like, you know, he's, Mm -hmm. like, a tough masculine person. Mm -hmm. Feeling like now because she's with somebody else, you don't have her back. Feeling like I couldn't do anything about it. Feeling like my mom wasn't, like, being urgent about it. And then my brother had just been born, Lemark. So he's, like, one years old at the time. And I remember feeling so powerless in that moment. And I remember one night I thought they were sleeping and my mother wasn't in the bed. And I went and I put on a pot of boiling water to go throw on this guy. And I remember sitting there boiling the water 
And my mom came in, stopped me and just like took me out for a walk and a hug. And it was one of those feelings of like, I was so powerless, I was going to do anything. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Have you either of you either heard of the term empathy? Yes, I can. I have never heard of it except when you just said it, but I know what it means immediately. What do you think it means? Empathy for hymns because they're hymns and shrug. Well, I think you're close. It's this idea that even when men are the perpetrators of negative behavior, we always, and we being like men, women, old people, young people, black people, white people, all people, um, figure out ways of finding an excuse or making reasoning for their behavior. I feel like with, with men, most men it's like oh no one taught them better it's they're learning because no one ever taught them about sexism because of their position so we got to be more patient and just let it slide but then we're not teaching them hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So I didn't push back so far, so much, because I too, when I was thinking about my childhood, I couldn't like, I couldn't find binaries of like feeling powerless or powerful. Like it was hard to like figure that out. But as soon as the idea of thinking about a time you felt powerful, something came to mind instantly, and you guys were all there. And it was the day I gave birth to Blue. Mm-hmm. And so the day I gave birth to Blue was my first child. Um, I remember. Right, be like the whole going to the hospital and like going to labor and all of that. And right before, I didn't know it was right before she was going to come out, but like I'm in labor, I'm pushing. I've been in like labor for active labor for like two hours and I throw up. Like I, I like just said, I like throw up. And I remember I was, I remember I was like, I'm going to die right now. Like I, I knew it. Like you couldn't have told me any different. I look over to him now and I'm like, take care of the baby. Like I was a hundred percent sure I was, I was going to die right there. I was like, take care of the baby. And then they're like, okay, here you go. And I like push and I push and blue comes out. And I remember feeling like, holy shit. Like I did that. Like, I, I mean, I can't even like, I can't even completely describe, um, that feeling of like, it's like a superhero. Like I lit, it, was, it felt unworld, like out of this world. Like I did that and I felt completely elevated and it has stuck with me. Like it is part of how I've moved. I've been like completely, I'm a different person. <laughs> you know, like I was like, mm-hmm. I'm a, I am a different human being. There's very few things like moments of like hardness. I'm like, no, I, and I'll say that to people too. I'm like, yeah, you push, you, you, 
brought life into this world. And so when I'm thinking about, um, so when I'm thinking about being powerful and this idea of being male, like in that sense, there's a way that I associate so much power with this really feminine, like ultimately Uh female thing to do. Um, and so I'm wondering, and I didn't, I didn't think of that at the time. Like I didn't think of power, um, as being something that was feminine or female. Um, so I'm wondering for all of you, like, do you feel like being masculine or masculinity is powerful? Um, or is associated, like I made the association between power and masculinity, but do you feel powerful? Uh, depends on when you would have asked me, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Aida, my wife, has helped me to understand. So if you would have asked me 20 years ago, is masculinity, is is power associated with masculinity, being masculine, you know, being mm-hmm. a male, I would have said yes. A hundred percent. And probably I would have said that is what masculinity is supposed to be. If you ask 41-year-old Joaquin. You're getting it. 42 soon. 42 soon. No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no, Summer. Sorry. 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 Although that's cool. I'm cool with 42. You know, I hope the most high blesses me with 42. Um, If you ask me now, my feelings about what masculinity are, are evolving, right? Yes, to be masculine, to be male in Western culture is to have power. Maybe even inside tracks of dominance over certain people. And um, those things we need to deal with as men, right? Um, But to be masculine, actually, for myself, is to be a little bit... I don't concentrate on that so much, although, you know, everybody, you know, is going to say that's a big part of it. But to be... A male nowadays is also to be a leader, mm-hmm. a listener, mm-hmm. um, a good partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aida said, says to me, what's the difference between that and being a good human being? And I said, well, you know, we talked about it. And I was like, well, the fact that being a male in this society grants me some powers, Right. Means that most of the powers being male, being male, being a brown, but I'm not, not a male. That's true. That's so true. that's true. So that's, that's you know, true. that's for white folks. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. I don't deal with those white folks stuff. Okay. Right. Because mm-hmm. that's 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 the issue yeah. about for yeah. us when yeah. we have conversations about being male yeah. is we are black and brown males. Yes. That's we are not white men. Yeah. And yeah. so definitions are different. Mm-hmm. Notions of power are different. Mm-hmm. Um. Your theory is different. Like we cannot approach this like white folks, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And the impact that we have as male as men upon our communities are different. Mm-hmm. And Western people have taught us what it is to be men, and what we're trying to do is unlearn 
what it is to be that man, mm -hmm. to be the man that we're, let's just say, supposed to be in mm -hmm. the most mm -hmm. yeah, elevated mm -hmm. sense, right? Elevated. Mm -hmm. yeah. You heard? Yeah. 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 You know, because if like you ask me, who's the man that I want to be? When I was like, when I was reading the autobiography of Malcolm X, it was that man. Mm -hmm. That was like the man that I, I never met Malcolm, but that was the man who I thought I was supposed to be. And many times throughout my life, and mm -hmm. we've all, because we're family, you've all seen it. Mm -hmm. I haven't been my best self, mm -hmm. but part of the, the growth is understanding who should we be as men, as black and brown men. Mm-hmm. Like, who should we be? Well, you bring something up, uh, uh, something that I'm wondering about is like, how did you formulate your idea of what it is to be a man? And like, where did that come from? Like, who taught you what it is to be a man? Because you, you know, Joaquin, you mentioned like Western culture, but as a child, there's some, there's a thing you, like, it's a little more intimate, right? Like, so who taught you to be a man? Yeah. So for me, I've grappled with that because my father lost his father when he was, my father never met his father. He was mm. killed when my father was still a baby. And my father was raised by his eldest brothers who were teenagers. Mm -hmm. um, and then my father was in the house. So, and then my grandfather was like Puerto Rican, Caribbean, male dominant, kind of like hust street kind of dude and had his, what's a man? A man is a guy who commands respect, not so much because they've done anything, but because you command the respect. And so for me, who's taught me how to be a man? Extended family who I've made my family. Mm -hmm. So you guys know my uncle Frank, mm -hmm. right? And so like, you know, this person who was my mother and my father's best friend when I, when, when I was in the womb, who was there when I was born, you know, took me in when I was in high school, who's an openly gay man. My wife has taught me how to be a man. Mm -hmm. To answer your question, I think it's been a community. Mm -hmm. It's been a lot of self-reflection. It's being also having, being motivated to be someone to not repeat the mistakes. Like, that's so important to me. It's like, I don't, I know what I don't want to be. Mm -hmm. I know I don't, I want to take all the good stuff that my family has shown me, but I want to just burn the shit out of all the bad stuff mm -hmm. because that has not, that's carried, that has only served to increase the weight mm -hmm. on our shoulders. Fredo, who taught you to be a man? Trial and error, brothers, older cousins. Pops was a heavy influence, right? Mm -hmm. So my pops, my pops was like growing up with pops in the house. That's like cinema every day, mm -hmm. right? Um, he is he he checks all the Caribbean man checklists. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So what is the what are the Caribbean? What is on the Caribbean like male I, so, checklist? Uh, I, I get. I see it's it okay, as we a family. lot of machismo, right? yeah, a like lot of, a lot of machismo, mm -hmm. right? So, um, you don't have to be all like, quiet with the with the glasses, guys. Kinda, so you just you just pouring. We we know you pouring. It's all right. You, you just go. just have at it. There you it's go. okay. There you go. Bottoms up. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know that Joaquin said it earlier. Like, commands presence mm -hmm. right? until this day. Mm -hmm. Bless him. Eighty four years old. Mm -hmm. Commands presence anywhere it goes. 
and commands commands respect, right? And that his word is the word, you know. Um, it was it, it it goes by his schedule. Um, it makes you know whatever it is that he says is what makes the most sense. Um, and and his his power was flexed and his manhood was flexed in mm-hmm. what I would call the more traditional sense, mm-hmm. right? Don't you dare speak to me or my family or my wife or my son in that manner. Are you trying to get over on me? Mm-hmm. My man, let's go dance. Mm-hmm. You know, that, 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 was, that was what I saw. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I recall. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the kind of that traditional, oh, I'm the alpha, you know, that was what masculinity for me was defined as. Mm-hmm. And and it was always a struggle growing up because mm-hmm. I because my, my I, I believe that innately I am not always at war. I like love. Man. You are never I at like war. Love, I can't man. even think of a time you're I like at love, war. bro. I like love. Mm-hmm. So so let's keep it peace. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah. When, when you know what I'm saying, like yeah. when your role model, the person that you're modeling after, is yeah. a warlord mm-hmm. at any given time, mm-hmm. at any given time, mm-hmm. it's it's a, it was a little crazy. Yeah, it was a little crazy. Yeah, it was a little crazy. Hem- Hemera, um, oh sorry, Hemera yeah. <laughs> who taught you how to be a man? You guys hit on a lot of it. I think um, trying it on in so many ways. Uh, Barack Obama in that book, Audacity of Hope talks about how he like tried on all the like men's suits, like the dudes that he thought like, that dude seems like a cool man. Let me see if I could be like him, you know? And so I did all of that, right? I I definitely first tried my dad. I tried my grandfather, my uncle Philip, so many people along the way. And then I think somewhere in there, the common presence of the women in our family that were like the base that held it down, they started to share with me an idea of a next generation of a man in our family. And I started to pay attention and listen to it in a lot of ways. Um, And I think they felt kind of oppressed by the patriarchy and wanted it to be different. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, all of that has helped to shape me who I am as a man. I think even, and still to this day, like, Nalika and the girls and like they haze me for telling dad jokes but that's like part of like knowing why you tell mm-hmm. dad jokes how you fill uncomfortable spaces how do you demand pre- you know power or attention or whatever it is and I think yeah I'm constantly learning that when I um was thinking about the like the topic I looked up the definition of masculinity it's like what how is it defined and what it came to is just like what is traditionally considered to be male. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? Oh, it's a complete construct. But And I know that. And then I did some more research. And there's like all of this research now around how testosterone has nothing to do with aggression. Like there is no biological or chemical, like there's nothing there. Mm, it's all and socialized. It's all socialized. Right. And so this idea, which you all kind of touched on of, trying to figure out how you define masculinity or what it means to be a man for yourself because the models that you chose didn't really fit with who you were on the inside and also who I know you all to be, which is very feminine. <laughs> you know, like, um, I don't think that it is a coincidence that we are people, like we are close friends and 
family and like you are like girlfriends to me but you know like we're male and even for me and being a like identified as a woman how a lot of what I do and how I move can be associated with masculinity um and how all of these things I was like oh right I know this this is like totally made up and we get to redefine what it looks like so i really so appreciate having all of you here on the show we'll continue this conversation forever and ever because we're going to know each other forever and ever bro allow it allow it let it keep running thank you for listening we wish you the best of luck along your parenting journey and know that i have your back This podcast was produced by Domino Sound. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.